Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I believe there's a rhythm and art in everything that we do. This is my journey about how I went from being a hip hop dancing engineer to a multifamily real estate investor. If you wanna learn more about how you can start investing in real estate, stay tuned to learn from multifamily real estate investors and hear how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. What's up everyone? Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo, and I'm on the journey to go from hip hop dancing engineer turned multifamily real estate investor. This is the show where I interview multifamily real estate investors and discuss how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Now today we are bringing back the Justin Real Estate Cowboy Warziniak uh, back for the Action Items episode. If you want to hear his story, you got to listen back to the episode that was just released a few days ago, because today it is all about taking action, whether you are new to real estate or you're just coming in, or even even if you've been in the real estate game, I feel like Justin just has a lot of, of tips and a new fresh perspective, especially being such a, a young hustler himself as at 26 years old, making headways in this in this industry. So welcome back, Justin. Thanks. I'm always, always happy to be here, Taylor. Appreciate yeah. it. Whew. So, you know, just dialing back just from that previous episode, you know, you took that leap into real estate, you left the engineering job. Now for people that are in the in their W-2 that want to invest in real estate that can't necessarily like make that leap, how would you, uh, what were, what were some, some tips that you would give them in, in wanting to get the real estate journey started? Yeah. And you're right. A lot of people in their, you know, high income earners or just W-2 professionals, like, you know, I was fortunate. I, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a wife. I didn't have kids or anything like that. So, you know, being 20, 25, 26 at the time, it wasn't, wasn't that big of a leap. So I totally understand, you know, there's a lot of prof- people out there that, hey, they might want to make the transition, but it it could be a pretty big leap for them. Like they need to make sure they're providing for their family. And so if that's you and you want to make the leap and you, and, you know, you don't know exactly, you know, where to get started, I highly recommend the place that everyone starts is the Purple Book and it's called Rich Dad, <laughs> Poor Dad. Yep. And the reason that's so important is because it will change your mindset and hopefully it'll change your mindset uh, longer than just reading the book. So, you know, a lot of times you read a good book and you're, you're very invested for, you know, the, the week, the month it took to read the book. And then, you know, you put it down out of sight, out of mind. But what, what that did for me, actually, it was more of a mindset shift of, okay, I need to get, you know, more focused on educating myself in the investment world. And because of that, you know, that, that, that led into kind of the next steps are going to be around more of educational side of things. So you want to do uh, podcasts. I highly recommend Bigger Pockets for the newbie investor. So it's great because it's almost like, I almost want to call it like a social media for real estate kind it of. Kind of is. Yeah, yeah, pretty much is. Like it's it's so common now. And like yeah. I see Brandon Turner everywhere yep. now too. So yeah. So it's, it's like you can connect with other real estate investors. You can ask questions. Just very good, you know, put put your questions out there. You'll get a lot of good answers, a lot of great resources, calculators. And they also do a podcast as well, which is great for, you know, if you're just getting started, you can kind of hear how other people got their start and what they did to, to you know, exit their W-2 if they did it that way, or if they're just, they're still working as a as a nurse or as a lawyer and stuff. And they, they got their investment cri- career on the side that's um, generating that that passive 
income for retirement. And so that, that's definitely where you want to get started. Read, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, start going a little deeper in the education, bigger pockets. And then as you kind of get a good, you know, I don't know, educational base, get the fundamentals kind of figured out. That's when you want to start branching and surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. And be, that is so important because you got, you now you're equipped with, you're a little dangerous, you're equipped with some education. But if you're not surrounded with people that are also focused on investments and building their real estate portfolios, like you can only sustain that for so long before you kind of just get discouraged. And so a great way to do that is meetups. A lot of meetups went online to Zoom because of COVID. So like you can get on to, to LinkedIn or even meetup.com is a great one and just search. I don't know if you want to do a house flips, house flips in your state or your, you know, your city or, you know, multifamily, whatever it may be that you're interested in and then join them, go to them, attend them, because now you're going to start building relationships and surrounding yourself with like-minded people, other investors. And it's okay if you're new. It is okay if you're new because we all started there. Like I still remember my first meetup and I was like, I am so underqualified. I should not even <laughs> be here. But the relationships that I made that first meetup led to a further relationship with investors. And we ended up selling their their 16-unit apartment building for them. That was actually where I, I, I met my initial partner. So there is a lot of good stuff that comes out of those. And so I highly recommend you start, you get educated, and then transition that into surrounding yourself with other people that are growth-oriented in, in the real estate world. And that'll give you some, some help. Yeah, I just want to uh, touch on that too, because like I, I started in meetups as well, but definitely be careful about some of the meetups that you go to, because at least like my first meetup, I remember I went to it, they were just selling a course. I was like, oh, and no. yeah, well, it was like, a, and they made money based on how much they sold to that course. And so they're trying to get into other associates to selling like other real estate courses about, you know, yeah, there's like syndications or flipping or yep. whatever. And they're like, oh, you can buy all this and this. And like, they always like fluffed it up. You're like, wow, you're so young and uh, you're jumping into this industry. And I'm like, wow, you know what? You're right. I am so young, you're but so I think right. I can do it. And then right at the end, they're like, hey, you can be an associate. You can make this much if you just continue to sell and do this and that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the, gu- the, the gurus out there, those different programs and stuff. And you're right, Taylor, you do need to be careful because especially when you're new and you don't really know, they're actually, you know, they're, they're kind of preying on the newbie investor for those sales. And it's very unfortunate, but just know this, if you are listening, anything that they can teach you is free and available online. You got to look for it a little bit, but it's not hard. It's very, it's not difficult to get a hold of. There's, you know, Bigger Pockets has tons of resources. There's other, you know, other websites out there and stuff that just have a bunch of free resources. So you can get all that education for free. So I would not recommend kind of paying money for those courses and stuff. What I would recommend if you do get to a point where it's time to, you know, put some money into further education, coaching is a really good one. There's a lot of different coaching programs and then masterminds are a very good one. 
And the reason why is coaching, you know, at least they'll, they're, they're incentivized to kind of keep you moving forward and, you know, keep you on track and stuff like that. And ideally they they've had success in real estate themselves. So it's like, you're learning from someone who knows what they're doing and masterminds are great because it's probably not going to be as expensive as coaching, but you know, if you can put in some, some effort, you can, you now have access to a large, you know, network of other investors. So finding deals, funding deals, some education as well, in-person meetups and stuff. That's, that's kind of where you ultimately end up after educating yourself in some meetups and stuff. You ultimately end up where you want to network with more, you know, high-end type professionals, real estate professionals. And I highly recommend masterminds and, and coaching if, if you need it. But uh, right. those guru courses, man, you're right, Taylor. It's, it's tough because they kind of yeah. prey on. It's almost, it seems like a marketing, multi-marketing level scam type thing where it's yeah. like, they just want you, it's like Forex. Uh, so they just want you to sell to the next person who sells the next one. And yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, you can get that information uh, for free somewhere online. So I would leverage that first before doing any of those type courses. Yeah. And then, you know, bringing this back over into just like multifamily, since like that's kind of like just like the main idea of, uh, yeah. of this podcast. I mean, something that, I was like thinking about too is, I mean, with multifamily, it's a lot larger as well. And so there's a lot more moving parts within, I mean, of course, like once you go past like the, the quad, I feel like once you go and start scaling up, that's when you really start need to start like networking and joining those masterminds, like make it happen where you met your other partners and ride the coattails of their experience in order for you to also push forward into the industry. But, you know, something that I wanted to touch on with you being so young is figuring out how to add value at such a young age. Because like we were talking, I mean, you you had an engineering job, right? I mean, you had a lot of time, you had a lot of hustle for someone that, and actually like, you gained a lot of experience too, but for someone that is just starting in, like, what are some of the ways that they can add value to like a more of like a, a multifamily partnership. Yeah, you, you touched on it perfectly, Taylor. At the end of the day, you need to be able to add value to a partnership or you're not going to get any deals done. And when it comes to larger multifamily, there is a lot more parts that go into it. There, it it's a little bit more complex to take a deal down. And then that's why you want to focus on what you're good at. What value can I bring to the team? And how can I, you know, become better and more of an expert in that? So that when it comes time for a deal to come through, they're like, all right, Taylor is the logical choice for underwriting because we know he's super good. We just found a deal. Taylor underwrote it. Well, now he's in on the deal because of that. And so for me, my value is deal finding. And so that's, you know, direct to seller or um, as a broker and, you know, relationships and stuff like that of finding deals. However, I understand that I, I don't necessarily have the expert level underwriting skills. And when I first started off in real estate and, uh, you know, got into multifamily and was looking at it, I thought I needed to know everything. I thought I needed to know how to underwrite. I needed to know how to find deals. I needed to know how to raise money to take down deals, you know, tax, tax stuff, CPA stuff, like you name it, property management. I did thought I needed to figure out that out too, asset management on the tail end, but you don't. And that is the important thing. And that's how people scale in the business is because they they become good at underwriting or they become good at raising capital or they become good at sourcing or finding deals. 
And that is important, a very important thing. And I'm glad you brought it up, Taylor, is because figure out what you're good at and stick to it. Make that your superpower. Make that the value that you're bringing. And so like on the the deal finding side, like technically you don't need a lot of capital. Like you don't actually have to be a high net worth individual or have a bunch of money because there's a lot of people in the real estate world that have money. Like it's there, but there's not a lot of deals out there. Like that's the, that's the sacred thing. Like everyone's looking for the deals. So if you're someone that can position yourself where you're finding deals and finding good deals, then you're actually going to end up on these these different transactions, you're going to start building your portfolio because of that, because you've created, you know, you're a need, like they need you. That's the value you bring. And so like, I don't even underwrite deals. Like we got out of New Zealand, a partner of mine, he's, he's so good at underwriting that it would be, it would, I don't, I don't want to say dumb, but it, it would, it wouldn't be advantageous for, for me to try to learn what he knows rather than just focus on what I'm good at send him the deals to underwrite. He let he spits out the numbers. This is a good deal. Can we make this work? Yes or no. And if we can, now it's all right, who who in our network do we know is a good at raising capital? And then we just go to them for what they're good at and they 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 get on the deal because they brought the money. So it's it is all about finding that that partnership that works and making sure you just kind of focus on what you're good at and over time you'll you'll kind of start to learn the other stuff. But at first you want to just hone it, especially when you're first started, Taylor, like find something you're good at. If it's raising capital, learn how to raise capital, stick to raising capital. And once you get really good at that, then, Hey, maybe it's, I can learn underwriting or something like that. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, we're about to reach our uh, yep. 15 minute mark, but do you have, I just have one other question. If you just have like a couple more. Minutes. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, you know, cause, cause I want to emphasize in, in talking about like some of the strategies that you have in finding deals and if it is even possible for, let's say someone like myself that's over on on the West Coast in the Bay Area that's looking to invest over in Indianapolis per se. Calibro. Right? Yeah, Calibro. Um so like what are some of the some of the strategies that you've seen and then any tips on someone that wants to be deal finder out of state? Yeah. Yeah. Focus heavily on your yeah. So Taylor, you're not alone. There's actually a lot of people like I, I know someone out of Hawaii right now that's you can call and call them a, a deal finder in the Indianapolis area. And so it's, it is kind of, if you're not doing the direct to seller, what I mean, like, you know, mailers, cold calling, what else, text messages and stuff like that. If you're not doing that, which it's not a ton of people that are, it's, it's a little bit more difficult in the multifamily uh, realm versus kind of the smaller assets. Well, yeah, on the, on the multifamily realm too. I mean, those, that's like their whole, that's a job <laughs> is to yeah. try and find deals like on a, like every single day. So it's like trying to yeah. find those on the back end, like outside of your work hours. Yeah, it's it's tough. If you're if you are gonna do a direct to seller type situation and you're not in that local market, you'll at least need a boots on the ground who's somewhat boots on the ground in that market that's like somewhat knowledgeable because then you yeah. can do cold calling from California. Like you can do mailers and text messaging and stuff from California because all you need is a list of a certain market that you're interested in. But, you know, the logical once you get someone on the phone or or get someone who's interested, the logical next step is to tour the property. It's probably not advantageous for every single time you have a potential lead to hop on a flight, fly to, <laughs> you know, fly to the Midwest, tour the property, realize yeah, yeah. You know, they want way more. This is actually not a great property or whatnot. So then that's where that boots on the ground is is 
it's probably just the only additional thing that you need is that boots on the ground person that can go tour for you, kind of give you the thumbs up, thumbs down of it. If it's whether it's you know worth pursuing. And then if it is worth pursuing, maybe in the due diligence, once you're under contract, that's a good time for you to hop on the flight and actually go and check the property out, out yourself. If you're doing the other thing is usually on the deal finding it's relationships with brokers and you can, I mean, you can call a broker from anywhere. Like you can build that relationship anywhere. I would recommend calling them, emailing them, trying to be consistent on just staying top of mind as a broker myself. I can give you the inside scoop. Like I fall in love with people and I want to help them out when they call me and we talk on the phone, we have a great time. And then a week later, it's like kind of forgot, you know, I, you know, I'm not, as active about kind of helping you out or a month later, like kind of that out of sight, out of mind kicks in a little bit with brokers. They're human. You got it. They're human just the way it is. So if you can kind of automate maybe like a follow-up schedule, like a monthly or a weekly follow-up, that's good for finding deals because then they'll, they'll send them to you. And it, ideally you have a good underwriter on your team too. So now it's like you're getting deals sent to you. They're being underwritten. They look good. They don't look good. Send feedback to the broker and just just keep chugging along. So everything can be done out of state. I would just recommend a boots on the ground guy for property tours when the leads start to come in. Net real real quick too, and as a yeah. follow up question, I would love to touch on broker conversations just because I feel like that's a very daunting uh, task just for someone starting out because they don't want to waste broker's time. And so you know, I'd love to know like. You know, one one thing that comes into mind is like when bro, like people are afraid when brokers ask for proof of funds, and I feel like it's a pretty common question, right? Yeah. What are some of like the the this the do's and don'ts when talking to brokers that that stand out for you? Yeah, yeah, and you're right. It is a daunting. T- like I am a broker, and like I even remember last week I was on the phone with like one of the the big time brokers here in Indianapolis. And I was like, Oh God, like, <laughs> I don't want to say something I'm not supposed to. And it's like, yeah. all right, well now put yourself in your shoes. If you're just like the average investor or whatnot, it is tough. It is daunting. And what, what I can say is first and foremost, you just got to convey that you are serious and be, be legit about it. Like, Hey, if, if you haven't bought a apartment building, don't try to act like you're some big honcho that's that's knows everything that's going on because you know the broker will see right through that. What I would recommend is being like, hey, we're trying to buy our first apartment building. We might need a little bit more help. Just kind of walk us through it. You know, we are serious. We have the money. Proof of funds is a big one. A lot of times I ask for proof of funds on the smaller, uh, the smaller uh, you know, duplex or quadplex or something like that, just to see if they've even like spent the time to try to figure out financing. Hmm. But a lot of times, if you think about it on like, if you're going to syndicate a large multifamily deal, you're not just going to have like a a statement that says, I have $6 million. Like that's not a thing. And so if they, they ask for proof of funds, I know of people that have just like used like a, a bank letter looking like official document (laughs) and they just kind of like, just use it for everyone just because it's like, all right, if you want to see proof of funds and it's not legit, but if you think about it, you're going to raise the money. In that situation. So it's like, all right, well, your proof of funds, like your, how much you can afford is how much you can raise. Like how good are you uh, as a capital raiser? So I think what's more important there is, hey, are you going to close the deal? Like I will go with someone for less offer price because I know they're going to close the deal. Right. And the way to convey that, and I've had a lot of success when joining this mastermind is leverage, leverage your partner's success as your own. Well, first confirm with them that they're you're they're okay with you doing that. Most of them yeah. are because it's going to lead to a deal. But for instance, the mastermind we have you know 
multiple, you know, thousands of units, the, the, the gentlemen that run the mastermind. Well, when I talk to a broker, I'm going to say, Hey, you know, my partners and I own 2,400 doors, you know, across Texas and Tennessee and, and whatever it may be, New York, Florida. And so that changes the conversation because now they, they're like, okay, they've obviously done this before. They know what they're doing, but then I'll be like, I'm, you know, I'm on the deal finding. That's how I'm helping them out. I'm a deal finder. You know, I don't have a ton of units myself, but you know, I have the backing to get a deal done. So you don't have to worry about my ability to close a deal. And that's, that's changed the dynamic. So if you can partner up with people that have some units, ask them if you can leverage their success for your credibility, but don't be like, Hey, I own 34, you know, me and my partners own 2,400 (laughs) units. And then when I find a deal, I just go buy it myself. Like that's not right. That's not. But if I find a deal that's, Hey, do you guys want in on this? I just got a good deal. Let's, let's take it down because they need to be like, you need to be truthful in that sense, because the broker is going to, if you try to take something down by yourself, broker is going to see right through it. Like you need them as the experienced partners to help you out. Transparency is key. Transparency is very key. And it's okay to be a newbie. Like it is okay to be a newbie. Just be upfront about it. Say you got people helping you out, experienced people helping you out. And uh, sometimes if it means putting a little bit more earnest money down, just to kind of show that you're serious about this, like, hey, you know, instead of 5,000, if you put 15,000 down, I mean, that's that's kind of showing me that, it, all right, they're, they're comfortable. They might lose this 15,000 if they back out, but, you know, at least it's, it's they're, they're confident they're going to close. Cool. Nice. Yeah, no, thank you for the tips. And sorry that we went a little bit over, but you know, I feel oh, I like those it. those last like 10 minutes have just been golden to somebody that is like starting new and looking to try and add value. So thank you so much for enlightening us, Justin. I appreciate it. Now, if people want to get a hold of you and learn a little bit more about some of the strategies and you know, if they want to invest over in Michigan or Indianapolis or Muncie, how can they get a hold of you? Yep. The the best way is uh, schedule a call through my website, www.justinwarziniak.com. The last name is a doozy, so it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you can figure out how to spell it. And then educational content I'm always putting out on my social media, Cashflow Cowboy, Real Estate Cowboy. Uh, That can be at (laughs) Just Warziniak. And then um, that last name will also be in the show notes. So <laughs> you can you can find me there. And then, uh, you know, a lot of that links to my YouTube where I have just the full videos of all educational stuff. So if you are new and wanting to learn more, that YouTube channel is great for getting the basics. Yeah, definitely reach out to Justin. He gives so much different educational value. Just even if you're new, just like reach out to him. He can enlighten you even more so than just this one podcast episode. So thank you so much, Justin. I appreciate you for coming on and uh, thank you everyone for listening. You bet. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for listening to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. If you got any value out of this episode, I'd greatly appreciate if you head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review the show, which will help more people receive that same value. If you're looking to connect and talk more about multifamily real estate, you can reach me at inrhythmmultifamily.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.